So, <clears throat> let's preach. We got, um, we're in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, if you're following along in one of the Bibles from the back, it's page 811. Page 811 in one of these uh, Bibles that we have on the rack. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, by the way, like, uh, would you just take one of these? It's our gift to you. Just take it home. Feel free to steal from the church today. And, uh, and that'll be great. Just take one home. Um, but page 811, if you're using one of the Bibles from the back. So um, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, we've, we've been in this series called, that we're calling the King's Speech, where, where he, is, he gives this uh, three-chapter-long sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, and in this, it's not only a great sermon, but it's, a real, it's kind of him outlining what it's going to look like to be a citizen of the kingdom that he's bringing about in this world. And we've looked at several different aspects. Now, the, the part we're going to hit today is actually, uh, I didn't plan it this way. It just kind of worked this way. Um, but it is very, I think, appropriate for this time of, time of year where Jesus, uh, in the passage that we're going to read today, is going to talk to us about anxiety. Anxiety. And so does anybody here ever experience any level of anxiety, uh, maybe around the holidays or a seasonal thing or, or whatever? Or, or do you tend to, anybody tend to be a worrier? Any worriers in the room? Uh, a few of you? Right. Okay. So <coughs> who, who here never experiences anxiety, never worries about anything? Uh, okay. All right. All right. So yeah, my son doesn't. It's because uh, his mother and I worry for him. And so... <laughs> Uh, but no, it's like, um, for some of us anxiety now, I know we live in this day and age of, uh, you know, these kind of buzzwords that go around about, uh, depression and anxiety, and I'm not discounting depression and anxiety. I know those are very real things. Sometimes the the things that you need medical help for, I totally understand that. Uh, however, I feel like we live now in this kind of, anybody else feel like we live in kind of an over anxious society, like, like overly anxious like, and I think one of the reasons for us being so overly anxious, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them would be our kind of 24 hour news culture that we live in where, where, okay, it's a slow news day. So we're going to take this little story and we're going to amp it up like it's Armageddon. And we're going to, we're going to beat this thing into the ground for three days straight until something better comes along. And, and, uh, and, and it's just this kind of culture. You can't, you cannot get away from this. I think, I don't know if any of you, um, uh, were like me, but when uh, the whole 9-11 thing happened, I became addicted to the news. Anybody else become addicted to the news after 9-11? I just became addicted to the news. I, I, wanted, <coughs> I, I, I didn't want to get myself too far away from what was going on around the world because 9-11 came as such a surprise and, and um, uh, you know, really shocked our sensibilities, and so I became addicted to the news. And, um, and I've since really backed off of that, but for a, for a long time I just felt anxious. Pardon me. Now we have all brand new things to be anxious about. Um, you know, um, I don't know if you heard, but ISIS just moved in right next door to you. And, uh, and so uh, I, I heard that multiple times this week on the news. And so uh, there were actually pictures of your house. I saw it. And so <laughs> ISIS is right next door to us. Um, uh, you know, uh, evidently... Uh, one of several um, clowns is going to be our next president. And, um, and so there's that to be anxious about. Um, the economy is getting ready to bust again. Um, and, uh, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on down the list. 
And, um, and, and by the way, if you own a gun, it's just a matter of time before you wipe out of school, probably. And, and so, I mean, it's just, just boom, 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 boom down the list of everything that we are kind of conditioned in the society to get amped up about. Now, that's just the national stuff. Welcome to California, where guess what? You, you don't get to drink water anymore. And, uh, and, and we have, we have no water and, and, uh, and the whole thing, we're, we're just going to, California's going to be transformed just one giant dirt clod. And, and so that's fun. And then, and then, okay, let's, let's bring it down from state level to, uh, you know, local level where, um, you know, God only knows what our city council is up to this week. <laughs> right. Or, or, our, or our school superintendent or the football coach, Wes, you're a big jerk. And, and uh, I mean, you know, what, what, whatever. And, and so all this kind of stuff that we're constantly bombarded with, and then let's bring it down even smaller than that just to your own family. And let's be honest, that's where the real anxiety comes from. That's where the real anxiety comes from. What, what, my work just laid off like 100 people, and I'm wondering if I'm next or... You know, I, I caught my kid with, you know, some illegal substances, and I don't know what he or she is thinking. Um, you know, there's distance between me and my spouse, and I can't figure out how to fix it. Um, you know, I'm fat, and I just got to get used to that. And, <laughs> and I, I mean, every everything, <laughs> everything, right? I mean... If, 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 if you really allow yourself to kind of sit and think through all this stuff, I mean, let's be honest, it can be, it can be overwhelming. It really can be. And so while I do think we are overly anxious, um, the truth is at times there, there's a lot to be anxious about. There's a lot of things that, that naturally would and maybe even should cause us a little bit of worry. Um, and so how do we, like, how do you wake up day after day and keep putting one foot in front of the other and kind of keep, you know, getting yourself to move forward instead of just, you know, curling up in the fetal position in your bedroom and sucking your thumb for the rest of the day? Like, how do we move, move this life, you know, that we've been blessed with and given? How do we move it forward? Does anybody else ever think about... <laughs> Like, I don't know. I don't know if every generation. I'm pretty sure every generation does do this. But I, I kind of think back to like my parents and my grandparents, and I think, man, they weren't worried about anything. Like they just had it all together, right? And they were probably thinking the same thing about their their parents and their grandparents, and you know, on and on and on. And 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 I'm like, well, you know, what's so different? What's so broken about us that 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 we tend to be a society that's just crippled with. Anxiety. Jamie and I were just talking about this last night when it comes to, um, you know, young adults, 18, 19 through, you know, 25, 26, somewhere in that, that time frame where, where uh, you know, when, when we were that age and it was time to kind of get out on our own, we just got out on our own. And then a lot of the young adults, you know, that are, that are coming out today are, uh, I've talked to many of them, that are just crippled by anxiety. They don't know how to adult. Like, how do I adult? I don't know how to do that. And, and just I'm so afraid they're going to make the wrong decision. 
And so they move to this place of kind of indecision in their life. Um, and just, I'm just going to kind of float around until I naturally fall into the adult hole, right? And, and, and become an, <laughs> wow, <laughs> there's another thing to be anxious about. <laughs> and so, like, I'm pretty sure murder's going on in that room right now. <laughs> Um, and so, or a roller coaster, or what? I don't know what that was. And so, um, and, but so we 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 are this kind of anxious society. Now, um, the good news is that's not God's plan for your life. That's not God's plan for your life to live in that kind of crippling anxiety. Now, I'm going to be honest. There are are things that are going to come up in your life that you're going to be anxious about. You cannot avoid it. You just can't. Um, I, I, I experienced different levels of anxiety all throughout my life and on, you know, with different things. You guys have seen me, especially, especially when we were over at the other building, uh, you know, before every sermon, I'm pacing like a boxer at the back of the room. It's, it's, I've got this pent up thing inside of me that I just have to get out this, this, this sermon, this, this word that, that is just like bubbling and aching to get out of me. And I am pacing and I'm anxious about it and that sort of thing. I don't do it anymore, but there was a period of time when, uh, when we were over there at Tremont that probably a good two or three years where I would literally throw up every single Sunday. And it wasn't because I was like so nervous, like, ah, I got to talk. It wasn't that. It was just, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just this kind of, uh, you know, when you're getting, when you feel like you're getting ready to do something important, something's got to get out of you, but kind of free you to do that thing. And, and that's what it was. And so, uh, I, I'm, I don't do that anymore. And I don't even know what to call that. I, it wasn't like fear. It was just this weird thing that my body had to go through. And, uh, and so, and I can think of other things where I've been, I mean, who here has ever had a bill come due and you have Zero money to pay it. Zero money to pay it. And it's coming due hard on you. And you're like, I don't know what... And, and, and those things happen and, you're ang- and you get anxious. I remember, um, what, last year, um, a little over a year ago, uh, Jamie and I sent Molly on a, on a mission trip to London by herself. We, we took her to the airport and said goodbye and walked away, Right? And now, if you don't, Molly's my my oldest, and she was a senior at the time. And if you don't know Molly, Molly doesn't do that great on her own. (laughs) She's like, she's like, I mean, she does great now, but but at the time, like Molly was Molly was our kid that she couldn't tell you how to get to McDonald's from our house because she just never looked. (laughs) She never paid attention. Somebody else was driving, so you know, she why did she need to know that information, right? And, and I mean, and, and she was just like kind of crippled by fear when she got her driver's license. Cause like, I don't know how to get around this town. It's the tiniest town in California just about. And she, and, and you know, and she, and she, she was just really struggling in that. And, and so I'm, so as I'm driving her to the airport, I'm realizing that, um, she doesn't know how to get around an airport and I'm getting ready to send her through multiple airports to the other side of the planet. And so we park the car in the garage and I said, um, you don't know how to get around an airport, do you? And she said, no, no. <laughs> and I, said, I said, okay. I said, I'm following you. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, just look at the signs and try to get to where we need to go. And I'm following you. Don't ask me what to do. 
And so, so I followed her through a very interesting path through the airport. And we got there. We got there, and she did fine, and it was, it was all good. And, and, uh, and, then, and then so I had to say my goodbyes to her, and I left the airport. And, um, and so later on that night, I get back home. I go to bed. Uh, in the middle of the night, I wake, I wake up, and I wake up Jamie. And I said, Jamie, we got to go to the hospital. I think I'm having a heart attack. And, uh, and so... We go to the hospital, and and by the way, you know how how annoying it is to wait in the emergency room. All you have to say is heart attack, and they get you right back there. It's awesome. So, anyway, so I get back there, and and uh, they do the tests on me, and they were basically like, "Yeah, I, I think this is just anxiety." And it hit me like I was way more. I didn't I didn't know how anxious I was, but I was way more anxious about letting go of my daughter like that and sending her to a place where I couldn't look over her. Even though I know she was going to be with people that were going to watch over her and that sort of thing, it was still this 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 kind of subtle anxiety that like attacked my body that night, right? And so sometimes anxiety can be very real, but 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 you and I both know people who are anxious for almost no reason at all. You know what I'm talking about? Like you and I both know people who are anxious for almost no reason. We worry about every. Or you know someone, I won't make it personal for you, but you know someone who just worries about every little detail of life. They're constantly worried about what, you know, uh, you know, having the right clothes. They're constantly worried about living in the right neighborhood. They're worried about what other people are thinking of them. They're worried, worried you know, just everything, all the time. And, and they just kind of live in this whole, whole thing. Like, like, you ever see somebody who... Their entire prayer life is all, it tends to be about every little detail they're like worried about all the time. Like they can never just take the time to kind of praise God and talk to God in their prayer life because they're so overcome by all the stuff that's piling up in their own life that they just feel like, ah, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, you know, that, that sort of thing, right? And, and I want, I want to, Jesus has some words for us this morning that if I'm honest with you, I think these may be. Not only the most beautiful words he ever spoke, but possibly the most beautiful words ever spoken, period. I mean, this is a powerful, powerful passage. And what I want to challenge you to do this morning as we read these words is take a big, deep breath and let these words kind of sink into your soul, sink into your spirit, and, and let them be like, uh, just like, like a salve on a sore spot that you so desperately need. I mean, just, just let it sink in and let it let these words like medicate your soul this morning, okay? Because they're good. They're good stuff. So chapter 6 of Matthew, we're going to start with verse 25. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, <coughs> what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither, sow, they, they, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Let me stop right there for a second. It just made me think of, I remember going on a mission trip a few years ago, and one of our uh, the, the, one of the people who went on the trip with us was, she felt God was leading her to go on this trip, and 
but was extremely anxious just about the flying part, just really anxious about, about getting on a plane and going over the ocean and that sort of thing. And I remember telling her, I said, here's the deal about that. Uh, I said, do you believe God is in control? And she said, yes. And I said, um, if you believe that, and I believe it too, then what you need to know is that he's in control of the, of the hour that you will leave this body. He's in control of that. He's in control of when you'll breathe your last breath. And so if it's not your time and you're up in that airplane, you're untouchable. You're untouchable. But if it is your time and you stay home, I'll preach your funeral when I get back home. And, and, and it's kind of that thing where we, 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 we have to put so much faith in God. If you really believe God is who he is, and, and he's really in control the way that the word teaches us that he's in control, um, then instead of worrying about the details, just keep your focus on him. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. If you're new to church, Solomon was a, was a, was a king of Israel uh, way back in the day. And, uh, and, and he was extremely wealthy. Everything was very ornate. He was the Donald Trump of kings, right? I mean, just everything was just gold and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, anyway, he collected about as many wives as Donald Trump has, too. And um, verse 30, but if God so, listen to this part, but, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I love that. A lot of times we focus, like when Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field and how they don't do any work. And, but but and you, Jesus points us to how beautiful they are. And, and I think we tend to focus on those flowers, right? Where Jesus' point here is not the flowers at all. It's the grass. He's like, he's like if God puts clothes as beautiful as those, those beautiful flowers just on something as insignificant as grass... How much more do you think he's going to make sure you, you have clothes on? How much more? Verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So Jesus is, what's Jesus' point in all of this? Rather than being anxious about all these details and all these things that oh, many of them you don't have a lot of control over, you know, rather than being so anxious about those things, how about do this? Focus on me and my kingdom. That's what he's saying to us this morning. Focus on my kingdom. I know, this is Jesus, not me. I know what you need. I know the desires of your heart, and I know what you need. Focus on your role, your place, your purpose in my kingdom. And guess what? I'll make sure you get the stuff that you need. I'll make sure that's taken care of. Now, this is how he ends this little speech. Verse 34. Therefore, 
Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, this is, this is where, why Jesus is so great, because Jesus uh, unlocked a lot of, you know, uh, health and welfare, health and, health and wealth, health and wealth preachers. Jesus, unlike a lot of TV preachers, uh, does not say, don't worry, because God is going to solve all of your problems. That's not what he says. He says, you've got problems. Just worry about the ones you've got right now. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He's, he's not like, I'm going to take away every problem you have. Instead, he's like, no, no, you're right. You've got some, you've got some big stuff going on in your life. Just worry about the stuff right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. You can worry about that tomorrow. Right? He doesn't say you have nothing to worry about. He just says, keep your eyes fixed on me. Keep your eyes fixed on my kingdom. Are all these other things going to crowd into what I'm calling you to do and trying to distra- try to distract you? How many times have I heard from so many of you who we put out a call to some sort of ministry or some sort of maybe mission trip or something like that, and, and you will come to me and say, I really feel like God wants me to go on this, this trip. I really feel like God wants me to start this ministry or teach this class or, or do whatever, you know, whatever you feel like it is he's calling you to do. I really feel like God is asking me to do this big thing in my life, but it, I just can't. I've got bills to pay. I've got, th- I've got this and this and this and this. And I, there's so many reasons. And Jesus is saying, yes, you have all of that stuff to worry about, but keep your eyes fixed on me. And let me worry about all these things. Let me take care of all these things. Some of you wonder why we don't see miracles uh, in our time the way maybe they saw miracles back in Bible times. By the way, this book covers many hundred years. So it's not like they had miracles every day back then, okay? But even still, you wonder, why don't I see God move in big ways in my life the way he moved in big ways in the lives of people in in the Bible? Or why am I always hearing about God moving in big ways from some missionary, you know, uh, in Africa, but never right here in Dixon? Could it be God has never moved big in your life because you've never given him opportunity to move? Because you know what? Here's the the thing. If you never jump out of the plane, you don't have to worry about whether the parachute's going to open. You just don't. If you never be like Peter and step out of the boat and try to walk on the water, you don't have to scramble for where your life best is. God doesn't move in your life because you don't give him opportunity to move. What if when God is calling you to these things, you know, the the mission trip, the, the ministry, the whatever, whatever it is he's calling you to do. What if, it, what if it's actually not about that thing that he's calling you to do? What if it's him trying to get you to position yourself in such a way that he could show himself to you? I can't tell you how many times God has showed himself to me over the years, but it's always been in situations where I was completely out of control. Where I could not help myself, where I could not figure out the answer, 
right? Whatever the situation was, that's when God chooses to show up and be big in my life. That's when it is. The big point I want to hit this morning is this. Um, The opposite of anxiety is not peace and calm. It's trust and gratitude. The opposite of anxiety is not peace. Like when we get anxious, a lot of times we're thinking, I just want to feel peace. I just want to feel calm. The opposite of anxiety is not you feeling calm. The opposite of anxiety is you doing trust and doing gratitude. You, you want to you rid yourself of some, some anxiety? It's not just going to plop itself down on top of you by itself. The answer to your anxiety is for you to actively trust God and to start living uh, actively as a more as a person of greater gratitude. Why is gratitude such a big deal? Because when we realize all that God has done for us, these, see these things, these, these things, these little gratitude moments, these God moments that we get throughout our life, they serve as kind of benchmarks. They serve as kind of, you know how, if you read to the Old Testament, anytime God would do something big, whoever he did that big thing to, they would stop and they would build an altar. They'd build, they'd build a memorial, build a monument or something. You know, they'd stack up a bunch of rocks and that, that little stack of rocks would last, you know, centuries. And, uh, you know, centuries down the road, people could point back. That's where God showed up for Jacob right there. They see the sta- son, come here, see the stack of rocks. This, our, our forefather Jacob stacked up these rocks right here because God showed up for him in a big, big way. And you've got these stacks of rocks all throughout your life where God has showed up for you, where God has done big things in your life. And and those are there to serve as benchmarks, as monuments to who God is. And the best indicator of what God is going to do in your future is what God has done in your past. And when you can begin to remember the things and become grateful for 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 the God who is, and for the God who has showed up for you time and time again, then as you're dealing with future anxieties and future issues and things like that, if you can remind yourself of those past monuments and go, you know, God did not forget me then and he will not forget me now. He will not forget me now. So the opposite of anxiety is gratitude. Gratitude. This is what we're going to do this morning. We're going to do something different. I'm going to actually... Uh, in a few minutes, pass around uh, a microphone, and and I want to give you opportunity to to just share. We're family. It's a small crowd. There's hardly anybody here. Um, just 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 if if you feel led to just say something that you're grateful for this morning, just just some way that God has blessed you and you're grateful. I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And so while you're thinking about, it, ladies, come on up. Uh, while you're thinking about what you know, God might have you to say. Uh, I asked uh, some of our worship team to to tackle a song. I kind of surprised them with it this week and, and they were able to, to do it. And so, um, so go ahead, listen to this song and then I'll be back. Thank you. We, we have a few minutes. Um, who, who would want to just stand right now and just say what God's been doing for you lately? Anybody? Come on, don't be shy. God's good. Come on. There you go. Uh, my name is Bill Thompson and I, um, uh, been, uh, under, a couple of things, just getting better with my, uh, I have some surgery on my right arm. But more so my family um, is just getting, 
advanced in their schooling and just thankful for my family, the love that we have. Um, and that's the gratitude. Thankful for this church, actually. This church is the best church I've ever been to uh, because of all just the people that I meet here every day and during the week and get to play for Rob and just a lot of blessings here from everything that uh, I just come here humbled all the time. The music that comes here and, and just blesses my soul a lot around. Um, I look forward to coming to that church. Um, just all the, the, the anxieties and things like that of the day typically are always put aside because Christ died for me. And, and there's that always quells any kind of issues that I think about. It's like Christ, he took it all. And I explain that to other people that are, you know, upset about certain things or they don't know what to, to, what to turn to. Um, even some of my own family members that uh, are not believers uh, and try to help them understand what Christ is and why they're important to me. Uh, my wife's family uh, is a poignant example because um, they kind of just put the plastic face on and kind of talk about things. And just you can see right through that that they're really uncomfortable about Christ. But um, you, you take the comfort away and you say Christ is there for real and he's there in all the hard parts and in, in, the, in the good times. So uh, it's a good thing. Uh, and that, that's really what I'm thankful for. And Christmas is going to be exciting because uh, you guys are going to host it. That's good. That's good. Good. Thank you, Bill. Anybody else? Yep. You guys know when I get the mic, let's preach. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a seat. (laughs) No, I just wanted to share with you guys. You guys have seen the journey that my family's been on for the last seven months and even longer. Um, It was a little over seven months ago that I got laid off from a really good job um, that had helped sustain, you know, Impact, uh, which was a ministry that we led for almost four years. And, uh, you know, and just there was, God had really supplied well for our family, but he had been pushing me and I'd been hearing, you know, step out of the boat and walk on the water. And I was like, what does that look like? And he'd been telling me that, you know, I, I want you to exactly what Jeff taught today, you know, trust me, do you not see the birds of the air and the lilies and the grass? And um, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and what I want for you to do. And don't worry about how you're going to sustain your family or make your house payment or that kind of thing. And I was like, that's really scary and stupid in this day and age, Um, you know, in in the eyes of the people around us. Um, But Angela and I sat down on Wednesday morning. We get up every morning about five o'clock and spend time reading the Bible together and praying. And um, we were sitting there and I was just overwhelmed with this gratefulness. I started talking to her and here we are seven months into me not having employment, but I've been leaning into doing ministry within the community and being on the streets day in and day out and down in juvenile hall and just going, okay, God, I'm going to do what I feel like you're calling me to do. And I'm going to trust you. And in some weird way, we've had several things that had to happen. We had to replace a washer and dryer in our house and we replaced that and paid for that. We had to replace a dishwasher in the house, replace that and paid for that. We had to replace all the carpeting in the house, and so I put down laminate flooring. I did the work myself. But there, there were there's these expenses that have come along and things where we've been hit. And Angela said, but our savings has increased and our bills are paid. And I just want to encourage you guys. Um, I am so thankful that God would take a broken vessel. You guys have heard my story. A lot of you have, such as myself, and allow me to be a part of his plan. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
And don't stress over the other stuff. He's got it. He's got it made. He's got it covered. I've been down to India on a mission trip since, you know, and the money came in for that in five days, you know, to send my son and I down to India. And that was just a God thing moving on people's hearts. We've been down to Mexico to do ministry down there. This has all been happening since I got laid off, you know. And uh, it's just, yeah, God was really leaning into my heart for over a year and a half to just don't worry about that stuff. I'll, I'll supply for your needs. You worry about my kingdom. And he is faithful to do that when we lean into what his word tells us. Yeah, good. Thank you, Phil. Good. Anybody else? One more. Go ahead. I just want to say that I'm very emotional. God has given me a ministry at my home. We call it the Church of the Open Garage. And many people are blessed. My wife and I cook a large breakfast for as many as will come. And we've seen people get blessed out of their socks because of the giving that we do for them. I just love ministry. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One One more. I was given the gift of my daughter, um, Four years ago, after many years of not being able to have children, um, a young girl came to me and offered to allow me to adopt her baby. Madison being brought into my life changed my life in ways that I never knew. She gave me a second chance at life. I had a faith in God, but um, it was shaken many times throughout my life. But with Madison, I, I knew I needed to live a better life. And so I turned to God, and I prayed to God, and I asked him for many things. One was to bring me to a church where I could feel safe and comfortable with people. And he brought me to Living Hope. And um, God has blessed us in many, many ways. He's given us a social worker who has a heart and sees past all the red tape. And she works with us. Being a single mother adopting a child is not an easy thing. There's a lot of red tape and a lot of expenses. But we're making our way through it. And we're very, very grateful for living home being there for us. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> awesome. All right. God is good. Amen. Amen. He really is good. And and I hope, you know, this morning when you walk out of here going, um, despite these outside forces that are kind of, uh, that I feel under attack by or the circumstances of my life that I feel overwhelmed by um, that um, I hope you feel like I have so much in my life to be thankful for. And uh, God has taken care of me before and he'll take care of me again. He will. He will. And so open yourself up to God moving in some big ways in your life. And at first that's going to feel really scary. But after a couple of weeks, it's going to feel terrifying. <laughs> and that's when God shows up. 
That's when God shows up. Allow God to move you in the direction he wants you to go. You keep your eyes fixed on him and his kingdom, and he'll take care of everything else. Let him take care of everything else. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we just thank you so much for your word to us today. It is such a beautiful word and a good word, and uh, I just thank you that you are a God who is actively involved in our life. You didn't just set this world spinning into space and say, good luck. Instead, you, you walk with us, and uh, you guide us, and you lead us. So God, help us to trust your leadership. Help us to trust that you know uh, what our greatest joy will be, and you know what the best plans for us will be. And God, when we begin to feel anxious about things that are beyond our control, help us to um, simply lean into you and to trust you. Remind us of all the things we have to be grateful for. God, I know, just because I know human nature a little bit, I know there's, there's at least one person in this room uh, stewing in their seat right now trying to figure out what in the world they have to be thankful for. God, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would re- just reach in to that life right now and um, just pour your love and grace out on them right here in this moment and um, help them to feel your presence. We love you. And uh, you indeed are a good, good God. And uh, so we give you all the praise and all the glory this morning because you're the only one that deserves it. Pray all this in Jesus' name.